0: Vogues, good morning. counter Reed, counter com. Cranach continues to get his crystal ball out and straight edge razor. And... uh, Never again. He's clean shaven. We're giving him hell about it. Um, (laughs) uh, And I love it. But he he threw out little Tua as maybe a a transfer candidate. We also had the the Casey Thompson speculation here the last seven to ten days. Um, So... (laughs) You know, and and, and and Jocko equals and echoes Elijah's point. It's just it's just a tough deal to to really get a quarterback in here that, that's got much experience because of, of the direction Rule wants to go. folks your takeaway, your reaction to the name uh uh Talia that that may be in the portal. I, I think he goes to the NFL.
1: Yeah, I would. um, I think that's probably the most likely scenario. You know, that kind of goes to Elijah's point, even if he doesn't go to the NFL. um, He's somebody who, you know, not just has NFL aspirations, because a lot of guys have those, but but probably has a shot. Um, So if he does play another year in college, he is going to be that sort of guy that's like, I'm going someplace because I think it can help me get closer. That was sort of the thing that was interesting with with Casey Thompson, not that, you know, he wouldn't love to play in the NFL, I, I'm guessing he would, but I also think he has like a real interest in coaching and to, you'd almost be looking for somebody like that. I mean, Nebraska has a guy, different scenario completely in Garrett McGuire, who's basically on a football team because he knew that's where I'm going. Um, so I, I would agree, it's a pretty narrow window at this point for for Nebraska to, to bring in somebody with with that sort of experience. That said, um another window, an even narrower one, will will open after spring football. So see what happens with that. But it seems like you know rule on wednesday was was pretty clear and you know i thought did a good job of talking through like hey this is a decision we made we're gonna go we're gonna go with the guys we got and then a couple of hours later um, maybe your your best most experienced option jumps in the portal so um best laid plans i guess um i'm, I'm assuming that wasn't a total shock to them but but who knows um so yeah, I, it's kind of where we're at. Uh, you know, you look at Temple and Baylor and both of those, both of those spots rule kind of went between two quarterbacks his first year. And then one guy kind of led him the rest of the way. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, the, the history here backs up what we heard, I guess, this week.
2: Brandon Vogel is with us from counter read and one in the stream has a, has a very good point where he says rule didn't speak better about any other quarterback. Like he did of TT being. So Tugbailoa, Loa, uh, from Maryland. And this is, I just, I just want to put this out there. This is a hundred percent speculation there. There is no, <laughs> there, this is not, there is nothing published about this anywhere. There is no inside information, despite what my, uh, certified title says below on my on my superimposition here um but it is interesting Brandon because it's one of those situations where if it was to happen right Kyle McCord was on campus he didn't get offered according to rule because of the Riola situation that was with the idea that you're still going to have Chuba. Chuba now transfers out so things change right like w- would would rule have said yeah we want to offer McCord too because we know Chubba's out if you knew that information, who knew? Who knows? But if you are going to do something, if you're not going to turn it over to either Harburg, who, who would have to make sp- some pretty significant improvement in the throwing game to secure that position, or Ryola, who's like 18, somebody like a tug of I it would take that, right? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it take somebody like a tug of Iloa who's proven, who definitely only has one year? Um, and would probably, if you're Raiola, you would sort of look up to him and be like, that's actually a pretty good guy to learn from over the next year.
1: Yeah, I definitely, I, I think so. Um, and you know, we'll see things, things kind of shuffled out with, with quarterbacks. There's, there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there, but I think that experience piece of it is, is, is the big one. Um, one of the quarterbacks that, you know, there's a couple of pretty high profile guys out there, but I, I really liked guy Daquan Finn who had been a starter at Toledo for four years. He was somebody who I thought I was like, man, if I were Nebraska and I wanted that experience, I would look hard at this guy. He ended up going to Baylor. Um, so we, we've seen a couple of the players they were initially interested in, and it, and, you know, we'll see, like things, things change rapidly in, in this era of college football. Like it felt like on Wednesday that rule was kind of closing the book on that. But as we said, things changed almost, almost immediately afterwards. So we'll, we'll see how, how things go, but I'm guessing for the spring, the guys you got on campus or going to be on campus in a couple of weeks is, is what you're going to go with, which will, which will be pretty interesting.
3: Brandon Vogel with us here, a weekend edition of hail varsity as we get you geared up for the Christmas holiday and Brandon uh, the news kind of of yesterday, late Thursday, was Rico Dowdell from Oregon. He's going to be visiting Nebraska here in the new year. Do you think a guy like, like Rico, who has only had one year of college experience but was a, a top recruit in the country uh, in that 2022 cycle, does a guy like that, do you think, solve Nebraska's running back issues? And maybe issues isn't the right, right word to use in the running back room. But as I look at that room, there's not one guy that I think stands out as being the guy.
1: Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. And with two guys coming off injury, um, you hope everything goes according to plan. But yet you kind of never know. Um, like if Nebraska went into the next season with the four running backs we know they have now, like you don't feel terrible about it. But adding somebody to that room, you know, we talked about it on the, on the Thursday show. That's kind of running back would be maybe third or fourth on my kind of like – Christmas wish list if I were just picking players for, for Nebraska to fill out his roster with experience and you know there's not a ton of experience in this case with Rico but uh the talent is certainly there so uh, if you could add somebody there I think I think you add um and it's not the top of the list for me but it would it would it would make I think everybody feel a little bit better about that and that that's kind of really what you're looking well, unless you're Colorado, I guess, or or some other first year coaching staffs. Arizona State was really heavy in the portal again. Like it's kind of what you're looking for, is is just a place to supplement um, if you if you could be in that spot.
3: And let's note here complete brain fart moment on a Saturday morning. Dante Dowdell is clearly who I'm referring to, not Rico. I don't know why I went with the name Rico here on a Saturday morning. <laughs> but one of
0: those days. So it's, it's, it's okay. Gee, you're good.
3: Let's, let's just make sure we have upstanding professionalism here and make the correction when the correction is needed. Dante Dowdell is clearly yeah. who I was referring to.
2: Yeah. If there was a certified CFB insider on here, he would have called you out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you the, do? The, the do? if part.
0: But, folks, yeah. what do you um like about this Nebraska class? We we know we've hit on Raiola. Uh, we know that Danny Kalen's in, but, you've got a class that depending on what what uh, service you fancy is anywhere between 17 and 21
1: yeah um and depending on you know where you look uh basically at 247 it was just a step behind usc which is pretty good um it, it, the, the new reality of the big 10 did kind of slap me in the face a little bit when you. You go to the conference ratings and see those four new Pac-12 teams in there. Um, Oregon was, I mean, Ohio State's just kind of perennially the the recruiting champ in the Big Ten. Michigan occasionally gets close. Penn State hangs around sometimes, but Oregon was like just second by a nose um, based on the rankings. So, Nebraska, if you a class that ranks say 17 19 somewhere around there that's kind of the upper range i think of where they will typically be uh they used to be most years good enough for fourth in the big 10 now it's sixth and you know that's just that's just kind of the reality of it um in terms of the makeup of a class um it's larger which you'd expect than than the first year group but very similar, I think. There were a couple of trends that I noted in the newsletter for, for Friday at Counter Um Linemen remain really local, um, but also Nebraska is getting more of its skill position players, I think, locally than it at first seems. Now, hmm. they'll go out and get some guys, you know, we saw. Three people from the city of Miami come over just on on signing day, um, so so you've got that. Um, Seen that before? <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. Uh, with this another factoid that kind of surprised me when I tallied it up. Breck's previous staff signed 17 players from Florida. Not one of them finished <clears> their <throat> career at at Nebraska. With with Tamen Lyman, Lyman transferring to Pitt. He was. He and Braxton Clark were the last two standing, um, and and they Hmm. both moved elsewhere over the past – well, in 2023. Um, Hmm. So neither here nor there. But locally, they're real serious about, I think, the linemen locally uh, for the most part. Got one from Hawaii, um, added one not as a scholarship technically from from Las Vegas, but for the most part – Iowa, Colorado, Nebraska. That's where your linemen are coming from. And I do like, you know, we haven't seen it, I think, play out yet. I think 2024 will be our first chance, but this was also similar to to that 2023 class. Like Rule, I think, is pretty serious about like, yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna get guys that we think that have the traits that we want, and then we'll figure out where they're gonna go. We saw a little bit of that in this 2022 season or 2023 season. I think we'll see more next year. And this class has I don't know off the top of my head, seven, eight, nine of those guys that I think could just be like, yeah, good football players. Let's, let's see, let's see where they best fit for us.
2: Yeah. A lot of DB types. They, they clearly value that. I I believe on the scholarship distribution chart, you're going to have some like 24 scholarship DBs, which is nuts, which obviously those folks could move into a linebacker position. They could move into a receiver position, even running back, something like that. Um, a couple of names that that jump out outside of maybe the obvious of of course Raiola is the headliner, and uh, you know in in state you have Carter Nelson who's huge obviously, but a guy, a guy that really stood out just after watching film being a certified CFB insider offensive lineman expert uh, in terms of film the one guy that jumped out to me is is uh, Preston Tamua from uh, from Hawaii he's the top. Top commit out of Hawaii. I was trying to remember, you you know, you hear the term, Brandon, like, oh, he has good bend on the offensive line, right? And that's just trying to say, hey, he's not stiff. They they have good movement. Out of all the linemen that Nebraska's recruited in a long time, I I truly cannot remember a guy that moved like him. Like, Machacek from South Dakota was good on his feet pretty quick, but... Tamua really does have that bend. He looks like a natural pass blocker. There it is. Which you don't, right? Which you don't see a lot of. And he's kind of that. He's on that left tackle. Uh, I mean, that's the position he played in high school, anyways. But he looks like a natural pass blocker, which Nebraska tends to not get. I'm I'm curious if you have any comments on him in particular after looking at it, or is there a call him under the radar? I guess maybe a. A player in the class that hasn't been talked about a ton that really stood (laughs) out to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, Tuamua definitely jumps out. I think he's probably the player who, relative to his talent coming in, and I think this is part of just being an uh, an offensive lineman, um, also being. 3,500 miles away from Lincoln contributes to it. But, you know, it, you just, he doesn't get talked about in the same way as sort of the, some of the headliners in the group. You know, Carter Nelson, it does. But I think he's I think he is in that group. Um, and Offensive line film, of course, is, is always hard at the high school level. I mean, high school film is hard in general, but I, I would agree. I see some of the traits that you're seeing there, Mark. Uh, a guy that I'm really intrigued by, Roger Gradney. Um, hmm. from a like tiny town, an unincorporated town, technically is what he lists as his hometown, uh, about an hour West of Houston. Um, don't know a ton about his story. just kind of looked at his film, um, versatile guy. We don't even know exactly what Nebraska is, you know, plans to do with him, but somebody like that really jumps out. Um, and another guy who of course has a great story, but, uh, Quinn Clark, top player in montana super interesting i thought you know rule saying like yeah i like what i see on film can we get him to camp because i don't know anything about montana high school football i don't know anything about (laughs) montana high school football either um i'm guessing it's, it's probably not all that different from you know nebraska or other states that are you know similarly small population but six four wide receiver um Super intrigued to, and, and a Husker legacy. Super intrigued to to kind of see what he brings to to the room when he arrives.
3: Brandon, as you so, look at that that twenty twenty four class here, I just want to hop in, Schmidty, and, and ask the good? question: In, in the twenty twenty three class, one of the the kind of the the benchmarks for success, I guess, as the twenty twenty three season went on, was all the freshmen that ended up getting on the field as the season went on, whether it be due to injury or due to development. You, you saw a good crop of those twenty twenty three guys make it on the field is that the same maybe benchmark for success using in 2024 is it the same situation or do you think it's less likely that guys are gonna get on the field as freshmen because of like things like where the defense was at last year where the offense was at, the 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 pieces that you're returning there is it different this year in that regard in terms of getting freshmen on the field
1: yeah it's probably a little bit different um you know you'd kind of expect it to be a little less likely that you'd see as many freshmen because so many just played. Um, So, you know, those guys are, instead of being red shirts are, well, some of them still get to red shirt, of course, but uh, they're, they're basically a full year ahead instead of like a half year ahead where they got to practice with the team um, with some of these guys. That said, I wouldn't be surprised if the, this coaching staff makes it a point to get younger players in, um, and find ways to use them and and having the, the four game, you know, you can play without a red shirt really helps with that. But I think just where college football is and where it's probably going to continue to go, um, we'll, we'll see if Nebraska can remain kind of outside the fray of the transfer portal a little bit. I think that's going to be harder in some years than, than others. Um, but if you got if you got guys and you've got a plan for them and a way to get them on the field like play them early this i just think the era of kind of stockpiling and and letting players you know develop if they're close like some players just need a year um but if they're close i think all of the upside for for coaching staff not just at nebraska but anywhere is, is to get those guys on the field because it's so easy to move and for things to change rapidly um that it's kind of like it's, it, it's hard to, to kind of save, save players in the way that it used
0: to be. Brandon, you just nailed it when it comes to that, that youth and piggybacking off of Elijah's question and comment. What I really liked is their plan, right? Here's what you, we think you do well. Here's what we've gotten you to be comfortable with doing. Uh, go in there and go kill the quarterback or uh, if you're Len Hart, right, or Van Poppel. Brother, get in there on, on fourth and one. You're a big body. You're money in the weight room. But they, they've got these kids engaged. Like they're seeing progress, which is nice. Then there's their role. Here's here's what we can get help from you right now with. And the guys are ready. And then it, it just kind of continues to grow. So I think that's, that's genius. I want to ask you about the mentality of, of Dylan – Rayola, I know you haven't crawled uh, between his his ears. That said, and in some of the comments um, from from Dom or some some former players on Dylan, what do you think about his his uh, goal, his want to be the guy in part of a class with teammates that that runs it back, that brings it back, that wants to make Nebraska great again? Dare I say? <laughs> And, um, and and take that challenge on. I can, you know, and it kind of comes down to his poem, right? I can be a cog in something that's great, no disrespect to that, or I can kind of be a guy that is recognized the rest of my life for the, uh, the pivot point in Nebraska football, getting from, hey, they used to be cool, to now, all right, they're, they're a contender again,
1: I mean, it's, uh, (laughs) it's, uh, it's, it's a big bet and it takes, you know, uh, I I think a brave and kind of bold personality to, to even be willing to make it because let's face it. Uh, you know, I I think you're right. You could be a cog in something that's already great. Um, or you can come and, and try and, and try and restore something, restore something that has, you know, presumably some some real meaning to him just based on his his family connections so the degree of difficulty that he chose is is pretty high to you know to to be honest and i i think nebraska's headed in the right direction i really do um it's not like you know it's if he'd made this choice four five six years ago it, it would have been even a greater degree of difficulty but so for now, like, you know, it's, it's hard. You, you, you want to see it on the field and, and all of that stuff. But from, from my perspective, he gets a ton of admiration from me, which is, which is worth $0. Um, but it's there of like, boy, there's, there's not a lot of people out there that would choose this path, particularly when every, potential path is is probably open to you so so we'll see I'll, I'll say you know and the the hearing him talk a little bit post post signing day and about this decision uh i, I was i was pretty impressed because I, I was kind of a little bit and i think maybe that i don't want to characterize the question like maybe that's some of the nature of the question It was like uh, maybe there's a little skepticism here with that i certainly had a little bit of, of skepticism like Georgia made a ton of sense to me um, if you're, if you're that level of player and for him to choose something else, that's good. Um, hats, hats off, hats off to, to him. And and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, it's, it's certainly an intriguing, intriguing move to make.
3: Could, could this be the new era of college football in the transfer portal that it makes more sense for a high level recruit to go off in, in, find a spot where he can get early playing time as opposed to, I mean, as Dylan said being the, the cog in a powerhouse machine where you're going to sit on the bench for a couple of seasons, people are going to forget about you. And then you, you get your chance. Does it make more sense for a guy like that to go get early playing time now in the new transfer portal era of college
1: football? Um, maybe, I mean, I think I, the availability of the portal also kind of makes this, um, it it complicates things a little bit because will we see more players of that caliber make that kind of decision? Maybe because there's always the, well, I tried that, didn't have the year one I wanted. uh, So, so now I'm, I'm back on the market. And I mean, we've seen like, it's crazy for, for these quarterbacks that are in the portal, uh, just kind of the opportunities that are available to them. So um, there is that. It also makes me think of, you know, kind of, Looking at players in FCS and G five level, like if you care about the future of, of college football, all of it, which which I do, like I'd be real concerned if I was a fan of a G five program at this point, because it's uh, they've never been viewed as equal, which has drives me crazy all the time. Like G five and P five, and I know those designations are basically meaningless at this point. But now it's like you get a good player. You, you identify somebody everybody else missed on. Uh, he comes in and does great. Uh, I don't know, probably end up with the SEC or the Big Ten eventually, um, which I'm all for players having the, the ability to move around. But that piece of it makes me – gives me a little bit
0: of trepidation just for college football broadly. Vogues, tell us about counter-read, how folks can get signed up, what you do and uh, also uh, give him a follow on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel, Brandon Vogel with Counter-Reed.
1: Yeah, that's twice-weekly newsletter on Substack from from myself and, and Aaron Sorensen. Um, we set out uh, back in August, and, and we've had a, a good fall, so thank you to everybody who's, who's checked us out already. If you haven't, you can just visit counterread.com Um Goal is to find two two good stories a week. Like, you know, there's there's always a ton of Husker news. There's tons of things happening. Grateful to to come on shows like this where we can talk about things real time as they're going on. Um, that said, we're trying to create something that, you know, is, is worth stopping and, and sitting down and reading uh, twice a week. We also do a couple of free stories. So you can go to Counter Reads, sign up just for the, the free at, at the start if you want. Uh, check out what we're doing and uh, yeah. Give us a read. Uh, let, let it give us a chance to, to kind of show you what we're up to. And hopefully uh, people will, will like what they read.
0: Well, you and Aaron done annual an amazing subscriber show. up in here. Yep. Yep. Same. Love yep. it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yep. yep. And
2: uh, yep. Bogues, some good Merry- options there too. You can do the monthly thing. You can do the annual thing. You save a little
0: scratch. If you do the annual thing, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good thing. Big yeah. time. Bogues, uh Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and your family, brother. Thanks for everything. And we'll, uh, we'll be uh, ready to bust through in 2024. Thanks guys. Have
1: a great one. Happy holidays. You too. Good to see you. Brandon. Too.